to Romans. Romans chapter 12 this morning. Romans chapter 12. This is going to be our final week talking about New Testament sacrifices. The first one we did, uh, we did the New Testament sacrifice of giving. Uh, talking about giving your tithes and offerings, that is a sacrifice. Something that we see done in the New Testament. It doesn't help you get saved. Uh, has nothing to do with salvation. The blood of Christ did all of that. But it does please God. And then the next week we looked at the New Testament sacrifice of... Anybody remember? I forgot. It just escaped me. Well, I know last week's was praise. Praising God and you know, giving our words to Him. And, uh, but to communicate and to do good. Right? Just good works, I think is what it was. Yeah, doing good, good works. Good works do not get you into heaven. Good works will not save you, but good works will please God. And good works are a sacrifice sometimes. And so this passage, um, all those ones that we looked at, they were specifically mentioned uh, in the book of Hebrews. But this one is another one we see. It's mentioned in Romans chapter 12. And in verse 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. I want you to notice that phrase, present your bodies a living sacrifice. And really, what I want to talk about today is just really sacrificing everything for God. Okay, Obviously, there's specific things that we were looking at in the last weeks, but really, we ought to be willing to sacrifice anything for God, anything for the work of the Lord. We've got to just get this in our minds. And I think we all know this. Uh, you know, If I ask you the question, you know the answer to it, but we don't always live it. We don't always know it in our heart. But we, our lives belong to God, don't they? Our lives belong to God. Um, you know, it was God that gave us life. It was God that gave us physical life. It was God that gave us eternal life. We're going to see a verse a little bit. You know, by Him, all things consist. And I believe that our lives ought to revolve around the work of the Lord and not the other way around. There's many people that they will include the work of the Lord in a, as a part of their life. They will include the things of God as a part of their life but the truth is, we ought to include all everything else along with the work of the Lord. I'm afraid we have our mindset reversed. And when it comes to presenting your bodies a living sacrifice, when we talk about giving it all to God, I believe that is, that is what we're, we have made the work of the Lord the focal point in our life. And the Bible says that's just our reasonable service. I mean, if you live your whole life for God, even if you give your very life for God, you've done your reasonable service. And God will be pleased with it, but you know, you're no superstar. You've not necessarily gone above and beyond the call of duty. No, you've just done your reasonable service. You did what you were supposed to do. You know, I don't go, you know, when I, when I work out at the distribution center, every time I get my check, you know, I don't go to them and 
They say, um, where's my thank you for working for you guys these last two weeks? You know, my thank you's in my paycheck. I could care less about the thank you. I want the paycheck, okay? That is my thank you. That, that is my thank you from them, okay? And the truth is, uh, I'm not expecting a thank, you know, a thank you from them, and I'm not necessarily going to thank them for giving me the paycheck. You know, I work for it. I, I earn those things. You know, we're kind of both doing what we're supposed to do. And the truth is, God always does what we're supposed to do, but we don't always do what we're supposed to do. And the truth is, we are supposed to present our bodies a living sacrifice. We're to be holy, acceptable unto God. That is your reasonable service. And when we use things in our own life that God has given us for anything other than what God's commanded, we're stealing, aren't we? We are stealing from Him our lives. They are not our own. They belong to God. There is nothing that we have that you have to do that is more important than serving the Lord. Okay, verse 3, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. You all see that? Many times when you start talking about the work of the Lord, when you talk about serving the Lord, people start getting this attitude, well, you know, I'm too busy for that. That's fine for you to serve the Lord, but me, I'm too busy. Oh, oh really? You're so much higher above everybody else. What you have to do is more important than what the Lord has called you to do? Ah, that's pretty high-minded thinking if you ask me. And the Bible says not to do that. We better be sober. You better be careful on how you think. And I want to show you how you can, you know, to get your mindset in the right place and how this should work. Because I believe the necessities of life should take a back seat to the will of God. And that's what everybody wants to bring up. When you talk about serving the Lord and you start talking about sacrificing and doing things for Him, people start getting worried. Well, what about the necessities of life? What about the things that we have to do? You know, we have to work. We've got to eat. We've got to take care of our families. We have to do all these things. Well, what about those things? Well, go over to Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. I want to show you something here and pay very close attention because we do. We need to have the right mindset when it comes to this if we are going to do our reasonable service as a Christian. Matthew 6.24 says, No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. We're going to read more in a little bit. But notice where it says he will hate the one and love the other. Now, there are people in churches today that are serving mammon over God, but yet they're thinking, uh, uh, but I don't hate God. I love God. We're going to see in some other passages in a little bit, sometimes in the Bible, when you see the word hate, it's not this you know, negative emotion that makes you just you know, want to kill somebody. It's talking, it means specifically to love less. And if you love mammon more than you love God, according to the Bible, you love money and you hate God. Okay, to love less, and we'll prove that here in a little bit, because many people think I don't hate God, but they are they know they're serving mammon. So like there must be something wrong with this verse. No, this verse is exactly right. You do love mammon. If you love it more than God, then based on that verse, you hate the other. You hate God. You love him less. And we're not supposed to love anything or God less than anything. God we should love God the most, more than anything else. But verse twenty five Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? 
Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall He not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take ye no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Lost people think about that. Lost people worry about finances. They worry about money. They worry about eating. They worry about clothing. Verse, then he says, For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Right here it's saying that the will of God, the kingdom of God, it comes first before the necessities of life. That comes first. And if you're doing those things, God will take care of all the other things. God will take care of the necessities. God created you. He created this world. He created our body. He knows that you have to eat. He knows that you need a place to live. He knows that you need clothing. But yet, when it comes to serving God, many times the people, the excuses people will use are, I've got, I have to take care of the necessities of life first. And then those become the priority. And they're so busy trying to take care of the necessities of life that they don't have time to serve God. And you know, and it's amazing what the necessities of life have become now. You know, it used to be food and raiment. Now it's food and raiment, you know, big houses, smartphones, cable, you know, internet, all these things that, I mean, these are necessities. We have to have these things to survive, don't we? I mean, we have to have those things. I mean, I have to have a boat to survive, right? I've been trying to tell my wife that. She doesn't, she still doesn't agree yet, but I've been trying to find a Bible verse. You know, Jesus went fishing on a boat all the time. But anyway, it hasn't worked yet. But y'all see that God knows what we need. He understands that lost people worry about those things, but Christians shouldn't. And so what our attitude ought to be, okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use a saying that you've all heard the saying before, but I'm gonna add a little bit to it. It's a good saying. And have you ever heard the saying, We don't live to eat, we eat to live? Alright? We, we don't live to eat. In other words, our life isn't just about eating, okay? Now obviously we need to eat. We need to eat to survive, but I say we don't live to eat. We eat to live for the Lord. Okay, If my priority is serving the Lord, if my life being a living sacrifice, I understand that in order for me to serve the Lord well, I need to eat, don't I? I mean, if I'm hungry, if I'm starving, I'm not going to be able to do that much. Sometimes when I'm here and I'm studying for a message, I have to stop studying and I have to go get something to eat because I can't think about the Bible. I can't think about spiritual things. I'm too hungry. And I've got to go and get something to eat so I can get my mind off my stomach and I can get my mind back on the things of God. And the truth is, you know, it is, it's okay for you to eat, but our attitude ought to be, hey, I want to have food so it will give me the strength so I can do more for God. I'm going to go get something to eat so it can give me the energy so I can do something for God. But today, people, their life is just, what am I going to eat? And that's it. They don't want to serve God because they're so worried about eating. But our attitude ought to be, hey, I need food so I can have strength, so I can have energy, so I can do more for God. So I can accomplish more for His sake. 
we don't live to possess. Okay, It's all about possessions today. What can I get? What can I accumulate for myself? How much treasure can I lay up in this earth? But we, don't, we shouldn't live to possess. We should possess so we can use for God's glory. Obviously, if we have possessions, that you know, there's more that we can do, right? There's more that we can do. The more possessions we have, the more we can do for God. But the problem is, many people are trying to accumulate possessions for themselves just so they can have a sense of security, just so they can be selfish, just so they can have fun. They're not trying to get possessions so they can do more for God. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28. Ephesians 4.20 It says, Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Y'all see that? This is talking about somebody after they get saved. Hey, if you used to be a thief, quit stealing. Instead, now I want you to work. That way you can have, not so you can have, you can have so you can give. Hey, now that you're saved, you know better than to steal. You know that you're supposed to trust God. You know you're supposed to get out there and you're supposed to work. And I want you and work and possess, and then you're going to have something you can give. Y'all see that mindset there? You ought to have that mindset. I want to have possessions because it will enable me to do more for God. Obviously, some possessions, if we had them, we would probably do less for God. If I had the boat, I'd probably be fishing, maybe more than I should. I, that might make me do less for God. So maybe I shouldn't want that. If my ad, if, but if my mindset's right, I'm going to want certain possessions. You know, I believe I can serve God more owning a vehicle. Can you imagine if we had, if I had to walk to church every day? Well, that's going to eat up a lot of my time, isn't it? Because I live, I think, seven miles from the church. So that's going to take a lot of time if I got to walk seven miles here, seven miles back. So I don't want a vehicle just because I'm lazy. I can do more with that vehicle. Imagine if my whole family would have had to walk to church this morning because we don't have a vehicle. Well, my wife's going to be in a really bad mood. You know, her hair probably wouldn't look nice like it does right now. It's going to look all windblown. She's going to be in a bad mood. She'd be up there at the piano looking crazy and stressed out, and it would just kind of bring a bad spirit into the church. And then, you know, and then I'm going to be all frazzled because I got her all mad at me. You know, because we had a rough walk here today. The weather was bad. Whatever. And y'all see how. That vehicle, it's not something that's for selfish reasons. We can do more for God with certain things, can't we? And thank God for the technology and the things that we have today that can enable us to do more for Him. But at the same time, I could take it too far where, you know what, I'd like something a whole lot nicer. You know, and I can start spending myself into oblivion where now I have no time to serve the Lord because I've got to work all this overtime and stuff to make sure I can pay for that vehicle. But you understand, when I when we bought our the vehicle that we have, we bought it with the mindset, all right, we've got to have something that can fit eight people. You know, we need something that's not going to be breaking down everywhere we go, and we need something as cheap as possible so I don't have to work any more than I need to outside the church. When we bought our house, you know, we, we you need a place to live. We've got, you know, we have kids. We needed a big yard because our house we lived in before it had no yard. I didn't want my kids sitting around the house being video gamers. And so I was like, we've got to get somewhere. We have, we have a big yard, a place that's big enough to fit all of us, so we can 
you know, raise a good family. That helps your ministry out quite a bit if you have, you know, a family that's in line. In fact, that's one of the requirements for a bishop. And I believe the house that we live in helps with that. And I want that. I like the fact that we have a huge yard that's a lot of work to mow because I've got two boys and I, they need work to do. They need something to keep them busy. All these things that, you know, that I have that I want, I'm not, you know, a lot of them are things that I believe help me do more for Christ. And that ought to be your mindset. There are some things that we want many times that we go after that are only going to pull us away from the things of God. And so we've got to be very careful. We've got to, we want our, our bodies to be a living sacrifice. And so our mindset should be, you know, we don't eat to live or live to eat. We eat to live so we can serve the Lord better. We don't live to possess, but we don't mind possessing because that helps us have more that we can give to the Lord. That enables us to serve the Lord better. We should look at our occupation or our career is something that can enable, enable us to do more for God. Okay, you know, I understand that everybody needs to have a job. I understand that you need an occupation because you've got to pay your bills. Okay, Not everybody can just come here. If all of you is like, you know what, if I we're quitting our job, we all just want to serve the Lord here in Liberty Baptist Church. We all are going to be full-time employees of Liberty Baptist Church. Well, what do you all think is going to happen real quick if we do that? We're going bankrupt. Alright? We don't have enough money here to pay everybody to work for the church full time. You know, thank God, you know, y'all work regular jobs outside the church and you get money so the church has something, you know, to pay somebody. But if everybody quits the church and goes full time in the ministry, we're in trouble. But at the same time, I believe you all ought to have your your life should be a living sacrifice just as much as mine is, and your job it can help with that. You know, if you have a better job making more money, that's more that you have to give. You ought to make sure that you get a job that will allow you to be a good husband and a good father. You know, that will also enable you to provide for your family. If you're going to be gone all the time and if you're going to have to move overseas and never see your family, you know, there's something wrong with that job. I think you could probably, you know, make less money, but you know, you ought to ask yourself the question, if you're looking for a new job, will this enable me to be a good father, a good husband? Will it enable me to be a good servant for God? Am I not going to be able to go to church ever if I get that job? If that's the case, you probably shouldn't take it. All of us ought to have that mindset, is this going to help me be a better servant for God? And so that you know, we've got we've got to think about those things. You've got to factor those things in. There have been times I've needed jobs and I have, you know, applied for jobs, but they told me you gotta work Sundays. Well, okay, I guess I have to look for another job. Because my priority is serving the Lord, and I don't believe I can be a faithful servant if I don't even go to church. I believe I need to be around the work of the Lord. I believe I need to be in the house of God. Obviously, there are some jobs where people have to work Sunday sometime. I'm glad there's people at the hospital right now. I really am. I'm glad we've got police officers on duty right now. Because if we didn't, guess when everybody's going to commit their crimes? They're going to all do it on Sunday whenever when all the police are in church. Obviously, there are some things that need to be done, but at the same time, 
Our priority ought to be the work of the Lord, the service of the Lord. Will my occupation help me be a better servant or is it going to take me away from the things of God? And unfortunately, most people just ask one question. Am I going to be making more money? And yeah, you might make more money, but if it takes you out of church, if it takes you away from your family where you can't be a good husband, you can't be a good father, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not worth it. And say, you know what? I'll drive a cheaper car. I'll live in a smaller house. Because the work of the Lord, that is a priority. My life is a living sacrifice for God. Everything in my life, it revolves around the things of God. You know, we don't take, you know, we shouldn't take care of our body so we can have more life or a longer life. Now, if you're, if you're a health nut, that's fine. You know, if you're eating healthy because, you know, you wanna, you know, you wanna live longer, you know, whatever, that's fine. But we ought to take care of our body. So we can serve better. Look at what First Corinthians chapter six verse nineteen says. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Okay? My body belongs to God, so I shouldn't want to be healthy because I just really want to make sure I can live to be a hundred because I've got so many things I want to do, I've got so many places I want to see. And there's nothing wrong with you having goals and things that you want to accomplish, but your attitude should be, you know, I want to live a long, healthy life because if I'm healthy, I'm going to be better able to serve God. If I'm sick all the time, you know, because I, you know, spent my life eating nothing but, you know, ding dongs and drinking soda pop, well then, I'm in trouble now. I can't serve God the way I should have. I'm too busy, you know, being sick. I'm too busy feeling bad. We ought to try to be healthy. Not just so I can have a good feeling, but I can do more for God that way. Y'all see the mindset that we're trying to have? Most people, they're just thinking about themselves. Oh, I want to be healthy so I can look better. I want to be healthy so I can impress everybody else. I want to lose weight. That way I can go to my class reunion and you know show off and not be, be embarrassed. No, that's not what it's about. It should be about, I want to be healthy because then I can be a better servant for God. I can do more. I'll have more energy to do more for Him to accomplish more for God. We should somehow be able to find God in every aspect, in every moment of our life. Look at Psalms 104. Turn over there. Psalm 104, verse 33. It says, I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. My meditation of Him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. Y'all see that? I mean, while I have my being, I'm praising the Lord. He's what I'm thinking about. He is what I'm living for. Unfortunately, when it comes to the things of God, it's a Sunday thing for many people. Maybe a Sunday and a Wednesday thing. It's just, it's a side thing in their life. Okay, people today, you know, it's still in our culture a little bit that you ought to have a church that you go to. You know, you ought to take some time for religion. You ought to have, you know, there, it's, it, there's a lot of great things about religion. You get to meet a lot of great people. You can have a lot of good friends in the church. It gives you a chance to, you know, to serve and to contribute and be a part of something that's bigger than you. But you know what? It, listen, it's not about that. It's about serving God. It should be our whole life. You ought to be thinking about God seven days a week. While you're awake, while you have any being, you ought to be thinking about Him. You ought to be meditating on Him. Psalm 146. Verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I sing praise? I will praise the Lord. 
I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. This is what I'm here for. This is what I do. I want to serve God. My life is all about Him. Everything I do, it's all about God. When I'm out there at Walmart stacking boxes, okay, I'm doing that for God. How how are you doing that for God? I'm doing that because part of what God wants me to do, He wants me to provide for my family. The Bible says a man doesn't work, he, he shouldn't eat. So you know what? I'm going to go out and I'm going to do that work. That's what God's commanded me to do. That's how God has chosen for me to provide for my family right now. I want to do that so I can have money so I can give. So I can give and be a, uh, contribute in the tithes and offerings. So I can sacrifice to God in that area. I'm, I'm doing these things for Him. Whatever it is, whether you're a mechanic, whether you're a carpenter, whatever you do, your attitude ought to be, I'm doing this for the Lord. This is part. This I use this job to help me fulfill the responsibilities that God gave me, that God told me to do. And if you do that, you're serving the Lord. In those areas, you know, you're constantly thinking about God. But it, it's amazing what Christians let take a back seat to the things of God and even the house of God. You know, it, we all know what it says in Hebrews ten twenty five: not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Okay, we know we're supposed to be in church. We know we're supposed to come sing praises to God. We're supposed to exhort one another. We're supposed to, we're supposed to do these things. We're supposed to serve. But yet, it, it takes almost nothing to stop people from that today. I mean, the littlest thing, a holiday, you know, a, I mean, a runny nose, I mean, a hangnail, I mean, the littlest thing, a TV show, it will get people out of it, you know, and they won't even notice. I mean, it's not a big deal to them. You know why? Because church, it's just a side thing to them. And they don't even realize that they're doing it. They don't even they don't even notice it. Listen, the Lord knows the things you need. I think you ought to take a vacation whenever you get a chance. I think it's good to get your family and go away somewhere. But you know what? When we go on vacation, we go to church. You know, the house of God, the service work of the Lord. I mean, I'm telling you, that's priority in our life. And we do. Whenever we go anywhere, we find a church and we go to that church on Sunday. We might do some things on Sunday, but we schedule everything that we do around church services. We're going to go to this church on Sunday morning. We might do something in the afternoon. And then we're going back to church on Sunday night. Wednesday, same thing. Hey, we might not be able to travel as much because that's going to be a Wednesday and we got to make sure we factor in the fact that we've got to find a place to go to church that night. It's just the priority. That's how, and that's how we ought to do things. Unfortunately, people schedule church around their busy lives, but we ought to schedule our busy lives around church, around the things of God. That these things come first. I mean, this littlest thing, it will get us out of our Bible reading. It will get us out of our prayer life. I mean, just the littlest things, we should schedule everything else around those. And I'm going to tell you, it can be done. It really can be done if you want it, if you want to we're Americans we find a way to do the things that we want to do we find a way to buy the things that we really want to buy and if we really wanted to give our lives to God and make the work of God the house of God a priority in our life we would do it and sometimes it's difficult to find the will of God but for some things it's flat out simple you know i mean is your vacation is a ball game a recital 
is it really more important than God's will? My boys tomorrow are going to start detasseling. And like the next two weeks are supposed to do detasseling. And they told them, you know, you guys get a bonus. If you show up every day, you get a 50 cent bonus, I believe it is, for every hour that you worked. But here's the thing they do Sundays. And so he told the boys, no 50 cent bonus for you guys. You're going to church on Sunday. We're not going to sacrifice church for a bonus. I don't know how much it'll add up to. But you know what? We don't, you know, we work to serve the Lord better, to help us in those areas. We're not going to let serving God take a back seat to anything else. We'll just, you know, that's fine. It wasn't a question. We didn't have to sit around and talk about it and agonize over it and be tempted over it. As soon as we heard it, well, that stinks. No fifty cent bonus. You know, we'll live. Okay? If if God thinks they really need it, he can take care of that. You know, he'll give them, you know, some extra days that'll get to go longer than expected. Whatever. Don't care. It it doesn't matter. But the littlest thing, I'm, I'm, you know, these ball games they do around here on Sundays, that ticks me off. You know what really ticks me off is how many people go and watch those things. Those kids, they they can hardly hit anything anyway. I mean, it's it's a joke. It's it's terrible. And out of obligation, you know, people they'll go to these things, and it's like, you know what? Whatever happened to just saying, oh, I got church that day. Oh, well, they might say they're not on the team. Okay. You know, most people never find out because they never actually take a stand in any area. They don't do it. You know, they're, you know, people put the pressure on them. You know, just stick to your guns and see what happens. And if you do lose out, big deal. You know, I really don't care. You know, they're going to talk to them and just they're going to tell them. They're going to let them know, you know, we're not able to come on Sundays. They're not going to ask them for their, you know, if they can have it anyway because, you know, we're Christians and we're going to sue you because you're discriminating against Christians trying to make us work on Sunday. No, they can do whatever they want. You know, maybe they'll get, maybe they'll say, all right, fine, you know, we'll, if you come every day, but Sunday, but I don't know. It doesn't really matter. We are not going to base something that we know is the will of God and know is right off of what they tell us. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. And there are so many things that we know is God's will. We know we're supposed to be in church. We know that. It's crystal clear in the Bible. We know we're supposed to do all the things that we've been talking about in the last several weeks. We know we're supposed to give. We know we're supposed to pray. We know we're supposed to do good works. There is no what if. There is no but if. There's none of that stuff. We know what we're supposed to do. We know what God's will is, and so we're just going to do it. And God has every right to ask you for any possession that you have or even for life itself. Go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. It says, For by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things and by Him all things consist. Okay, Everything comes from God. It's all from Him. It's all by Him. And it is all for Him. Okay, God doesn't owe you a long life. Well, if I do this, this might shorten my life. Well, if I pastor a church, that's going to be stressful. I might die earlier of a heart attack. Oh well, then I die earlier of a heart attack. You know how many preachers I know that have heart problems? And 
fight. You know, and I look at some of their churches and the members they have. I was like, yeah, they'd give me hard problems too. Y'all are a blessing. Uh, I don't, I don't have any of that trouble with you. But you know, okay, y'all, y'all stress me out. I die of a heart attack. You know what? I plan on dying in the saddle. I plan on dying with my boots on. And I mean, I mean that. I don't care. I don't really care. This is, this isn't my life. It's God's. Okay, I've given it to Him. God doesn't owe me earthly riches. He doesn't owe me a life of tranquility. He doesn't owe me those things. And love for God, it should come before anything else. Our love for God should be so great that everything else that we have should seem hated or loved less. Okay? And look at Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, a well-known passage of Scripture. And they overcame Him. Talking about the Antichrist. He persecuted them. He came after them. They wouldn't take His mark. They would not worship His image. And it says, And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Is that saying these people were miserable and they hated their lives? No, that's not saying that. I'm sure they wanted... You know, Well, obviously this is in the future. This may even be some of us. They wanted to live, but you know what? They wanted to be obedient to God even more. And we can say that about many in the past who have died a martyr's death. It wasn't that they hated their life. They wanted to live, but they loved God more. And the Bible says they overcame Him. Why? Because they didn't, they didn't love their lives unto the death. Luke chapter 14, verse 26 says, If any man come to Me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life, also, he cannot be my disciple, and whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. We all know that God is not telling us to hate our families. We are commanded in the Bible to love our wives, aren't we? But we are supposed to love them less than we love God. God is the priority. We love Him the most. He's first. Everything else is less. Okay? When you see in the Bible, it says, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. God's not saying He hated Esau in the way we use the word today, but God was better to Jacob. If you go on and read, God blessed Jacob more than He did Esau. You know, Jacob was closer to God than Esau was. And so right there you know, is another example of that. And the truth is, our heartbeat, our motivation, our reason for getting up every morning ought to be to please God. What is your motivation? What is it that you're working for? Is you know, is church, is the house of God, is serving God, is it just a side thing for you to do to make you feel a little bit better? Or is this what you're all about? Because when your motivation is pleasing God, that's where fulfillment comes from. Psalm thirty seven four Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Y'all see that? Okay, so if I delight in God. He'll give me the desires of my heart, so I'll get that bass boat, I'll get that Cadillac, I'll get that mansion. No, no, no. If you're delighting yourself in the Lord, the desire of your heart is to serve Him. The desire of your heart is to do His work. And if that's your desire to please God, He will help you do that. He will. If that is what you desire, if that's your priority, if that's what you want, it's not Him promising you every little possession out there, everything you ever wanted. Some people want bad things. But if you want to please God, if you want to serve Him, He will give you the desires of your heart. And the thing is, you will be fulfilled with that. 
you will find fulfillment in the fact that you are pleasing God, that you are living your life for Him more than you would if God gave you all those other things. There's a lot of people out there that have a lot of possessions that are not making them fulfilled, that are not bringing them happiness. Verse 5, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him. And He shall bring it to pass. Everything we have belongs to God. Everything. And we've just got we've got to be willing to give it all up. I, and I'll close with this. I remember uh, not long before the Lord called us to start the church out here. A few years before that, you know, I'd gone full time in the ministry. We got we got deep in the hole financially. We owed credit card, car payments, and all this stuff. And we we were like, man, we got to do something about this. And we started working to pay all our debt off. We had decided we were going to come debt free, and it took us over two years. And I remember we paid off all our debt. And then, not long after we paid off all our debt, we ended up moving, the church that we were at ended up buying a parsonage. We got to move in this house, nice house, big yard, and we were doing a lot better. We were saving up money, and we had a pretty good chunk of money saved up, most we'd ever had saved up. And I'll never forget, I was out there in the yard mowing the grass one day and just feeling real good. It was a nice day. I'm mowing the grass in our you know, nice big yard and just feeling happy. And I'm thinking about, man, the Lord has really blessed. And I was like, you know, and I was just, I was feeling very thankful. And all of a sudden, it was like, you know, the Lord convicted me. It's like, you know, anybody can feel thankful when everything's been provided for them. When they've got money in the bank, when everything's going good. Big whoop. And it was like the Lord said, what if I asked you for everything? All that money you got saved up that you're finding you know, security in right now, what if I asked you for it? Would you give it up? And I remember as I, I'm sitting there, as I'm mowing the grass, and, I'm, and I did, I said, I would. And you know what? It wasn't long after that that the Lord called us to start a church. Not knowing what would happen. And I'm not up here. Listen, I, I, if I tried to get up here and tell you a sob story and make you feel sorry for me, I would have to lie to you. The Lord has been very good to us. He's blessed us. But let me tell you something. All Everything that I had then that I was finding security in, He did take it. It's all gone. It all, it all gone. And you know what? I don't miss it one bit. I don't miss it one bit. I wouldn't trade it for anything else. I am so thankful for what God has done in our life in the last several years. But He did. He did ask for it. And you know what? He had a right to because it wasn't mine. It was His. And I don't mess it. I really don't care. I, I, I do, I, I'm thrilled at what I'm doing. I love pastoring this church. I love serving the Lord in this area. And I love how God has blessed us. I love the family that we have. I love the house we live in. I love the people that are here in this church. And the truth is, you'll find out in life, we never really do give up anything. Whenever we do sacrifice things, God, He always gives it back and gives back better, doesn't He? He always does. And while right now, maybe you're like, you're like yeah, I don't have something that I used to have, well, just give it a little time. God's probably going to take care of it. You've probably heard it said before, you can't outgive God. And you can't. But you know what? I think you ought to try and we ought to be willing to and we ought to be ready to present our bodies a living sacrifice. This isn't my life. This is His. I'll tell you right now, it is my will. I've said this too. While we've loved starting this church and it's been a great thing, we've said many times we don't ever want to do it again. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to do it again. I have no desire 
to ever pastor anywhere else. I have no desire to start a church. I have no desire to take over a church. I just I I don't want to do it. I don't want to move. I don't want to change it. I I love where God has us right now, and I just like to keep on doing this until Jesus Christ returns. But you know what? That's not really my choice, is it? And I think God's on the same side as me. He hasn't given any indication otherwise. But it doesn't matter. Either way, it's His. This is His church. My life is His life. And I need, to, I need to make sure I keep that in my head. And you need to do the same thing too. Whatever God wants from you, be ready to give it. Present your body a living sacrifice. With that, let's all stand together.